Welcome to the life of Sev. I'm your host, Sev. What's up, guys? We're back on uh, the Life of Sev podcast, um, and uh, this young lady here we have joining us this afternoon. Her name's Anita. Anita, bass. Or bass. <laughs> bass. Bass. <laughs> but everyone thinks it's bass. So either or. And uh, I met her via via the TikTok platform, but uh, on today's show, we're not really going to be talking too much uh, in depth about TikTok. It's more about uh, the life of Anita. So I'd like her to kind of uh, take over because a lot of my audience are young girls uh, in their 17 to 20 year old range and I feel like they're going to get a lot of value from this so I've set up a few questions uh, to help the young entrepreneurial slash business slash yeah just anyone that wants to make a make it in life and I feel like you're doing a superb job at your age. Oh, thank you very much I appreciate that overly inflated intro. <laughs> They love her. They love her. <laughs> the so, <laughs> so um, well, let's get it started. Um, mm-hmm. How are you and everything? I am good. I'm well. Yes. So yes. I'm fine. Yeah, good. <laughs> good, good. Actual answer, I'm fine. Yes. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I, um, I spoke with you when you first came back from... Where, where did you come back from? Around the world. Everywhere. Everywhere. So she went around the world. Well, she tried to anyway, and it got cut short. Yep. She, she would still be on trip right now. But uh, without me talking about it too much, we can uh, get uh, everybody introduced into what you do. So um, before we do that, though, uh, about yourself. So before you became a businesswoman, how did it all start? What's your, what's your story? About how Wake 2 has started? No, 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 no. Your life. Uh, This is your life in two minutes up to the age of 18. Go. Oh, God. Well, I was a very, very shy, introverted human. And, um, yeah, I was starting to become a lawyer just because my parents told me that I should and I absolutely hated it. I went through high school and university super, super, super shy and discovered at a young age that I don't want to work for anybody else went traveling, got a passion for that, and then decided at 19 to start my own business around that. But yeah, I come, I guess my, my beginning story, I just come from a regular, very broke, broke, broke family and thought there should be more to life and kind of tried to create that throughout my life (laughs) in a nutshell. Nice. So at 19, that's a very young age. What made you decide to start a business that young? Um, Well, there's, are three stories, which I won't go into detail too much because <laughs> it, it will take forever. But I guess the main two is that I went traveling and I saw that people ran tours or took people to places, but they didn't technically take them to places. Like They're like, oh, we're going to go to Vegas. But you'd wait in a three-hour line and you would like go to this club and by the time you got there it was boring or you were the only ones in there. So I just wanted to give everyone an extra, extra large experience of the places they visited. Um, so that was number one. And then number two was I, oh fuck, I just forgot what I should think. All right, there you go. Um, I have really good friends and the more I traveled, the more I realized that other people didn't have good friends. So I wanted to create a safe place for people to come together and feel like they could be themselves through music and dancing on these tours. And yeah, I just wanted to give them a family. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. 
So, did you have any setbacks uh, from from at that at that starting age? I mean, we can we can talk about setbacks in general, but at the very start, what was what was your mind going through starting a business? <laughs> Number one, you just have absolutely no idea what you're doing, where you're going, and you're kind of making it up as you go along. You're like, I want to do this but you're semi-feeling out your niche. Like even the stuff I used to post or talk about or where I thought my business, what what I thought it should look like, now I look back and it's laughable. But So just kind of like feeling out your niche and what it is that you're trying to create in itself, you never really essentially have that at the beginning and most people, what they end up creating is maybe a, a similar version but not really anything that they set out to be. So that, number two, getting taken seriously by anyone because I was so young. So people would laugh at me or like, like I remember I did an event once and I talk about this on my podcast too. So I don't want to repeat it just in case, but anyway, (laughs) um, yeah, I was doing an event and I went in to get all the gear for the event, like the audio and that. And the guy was overcharging me by thousands and thousands. And then halfway through our quote unquote meeting. He just looked at me and he's like, you haven't done anything like this before, have you? And then it like in like a really, really nasty way and kind of like laughed at me because I was so young and he's like, what, what are you doing? And I remember just going to my car and like crying because I was like, I'm sick of nobody taking me seriously. And you kind of get that attitude from people. And that's where a lot of people just give up, but you have to be like, no. So that would be another one getting taken. So that what, ha- what happened in that one? Let's go into detail. I just didn't end up using him because I was like, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll email you later because I didn't have the guts to be like, you're being mean. And I literally went to my car and cried and then just got quotes from other people and it was like less from the other people. Still probably expensive, could have got it cheaper, but they knew they could rip me off, I guess, and I had no idea what I was doing. So you were, so. You were planning their trips? Uh, that? No, that was um, a separate thing. So this one time I did, I guess – a Perth tour, but it was a two day music event down South. And so I had to get all the audio equipment and the speaker systems and surround sound and that. And I was going to different, I guess, audio places to go get quotes on that. And yeah. Yeah. So, so with your businesses, what, what's, what was your first ever kind of like, oh my God, I've, this is cool. Like your first (laughs) little taste of success. What was that like? Well, it would have, I guess, been the first tour that I ever ran and it was more... How old were you then? 21. 21? Yep. Yeah. First full tour, so I just turned 21. Um, and it was more like disbelief, I guess. It was stressful. Like I, I wouldn't say I had fun at all. Like it wasn't, oh, my God, whereas now it's a lot, I guess, easier or I've just... You know what you're doing. Yeah. Um, but then it, like, it was hectic and because I didn't know, I guess, who I should be or the brand identity hundred percent. I didn't really know what character to play, but in itself that was so stressful. But I remember being on the bus for the first time and looking behind and seeing the bus completely full of all these people who had just traveled from Australia. All of them were from Australia. They just gotten on a plane because of something that I'd created. And now we were all together in America. And I just remember looking and my cousin was there and we were just like, what is going on? Like, <laughs> And yeah, I guess it was just that disbelief because it was something that was in my head and also like 
if I was a dodgy person, which I'm not, but you could have just ripped all these people off. Like you just on goodwill and trust and something you've created, they've given you all this money and trust in you to give them this experience. So that was probably the first time I was like, well, we can do what we want. And you you started, you started that particular business at 19 as well or? Yeah. And you, and you managed to get your first bit of taste at 21. success. Yeah. So two years it took. Yeah. And uh, from the start up until that point, what was what was your stress levels like? Well, I guess I was kind of just like mucking around with it. So I wasn't really getting too much like through the door, I guess. So stress, not too much, but more the financial pressure would be it. Yeah. So <laughs> that's my number one tip to everyone. Like money doesn't make you happy. If you're unhappy and you're waiting on a number to change that, it's not going to happen, but you should take care of your finances. And that's the single bit of advice I would like to give my younger self because yeah, it's so stressful. And so that was that because I was working and going to uni. And I think at that point I had two jobs and yeah, as I said, I've always had two or three jobs to support it. And because I didn't have places for my money, I was just kind of like throwing here, 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 here. And I would always be breaking even or less or getting out loans and just, yeah. And I was like, now I'm like, man, you could have done so much more. But yes, yeah, so I was super stressed trying to get stuff done and just money flying everywhere. <laughs> that's that's probably my biggest tip about starting out that young is um, that finance. Yes. Getting, getting your finance order. Did you have debt? Yeah. Yeah. At my peak, I had $32,000 debt. Was that for business <laughs> or for everything? That was um, business. Uh, I think I would say probably like eight grand was mine after. So I got out so, yeah, so I get to awake tours, for people who don't know, we take people on tours to music festivals, so groups of 16 to 60 people to festivals and stuff, and that's all overseas. And then, But this one time I did that event in Perth, so it was like I guess a tour but in Perth, and I just didn't budget that at all. And this, because it was so far away, we got like buses, security, ambulance, and I needed to pay it all outright, but I priced the tickets like way too cheap. And there was only a certain amount of people who were allowed to come to the event. So I took out a loan for $32,000 <laughs> to do it. And then at the end of it, it, yeah, it was still there. And I think from ticket sales, it was like $3,000 or something that we made, which I kind of knew at the beginning, but it was just something that I really, really wanted to do that I was like, screw it, I'll do this, it's, it's fine. Whereas I really could have done that smarter. But yeah, so that debt was hectic. So mostly business. Yes. (laughs) And then how long did it take before you got out of it? If you have got out of it yet? Yeah, well I did. And, but another section of my life, I (laughs) moved to Melbourne to get out of debt straight away. And I did it in a bit over a year or under a year. So 12 months. Solid. Yeah. But it was hectic because I, I think I, the event was in March, February. And then so my tour, I think, circuit finished in April. And then I was like, I hate debt. Because I'd been in debt before, but probably like $12,000. And it was just every now and then I'd chuck a couple hundred. And that was over a couple of years and whatever. But this one, I was like, dude, there is no way in Perth. And like just by dibble dabbling, I can get out of this debt. And if I don't do it now it's going to take five to six years and I know how much anxiety and stress I get knowing like how much debt 
takes from you and just seeing that interest rack up. I think my interest was $520 a month. So oh, you wow. just- That would, that would inspire yeah. me to avoid <laughs> that. I remember with my interest because I consolidated all my debt at one point and the bank dogged the boys hard. <laughs> they were like, yeah, 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 no, nah, no interest for 12 months. But then the interest charged me 160 bucks in the first month. I was like, hang on. <laughs> And I was like, okay, cool. It was going to be a 12-month stint, but now I'm going to get rid of it in three to four months. Yeah. Ended up being six, but that was like the, the pressure that I needed. It was like a kick yeah. in the ass. But yeah, so you're talking about your regret um, at, a younger, at a younger self of the finances. Yes. Um, between the age of 20 and 25, so let's, let's start off um, just after you had your first taste of success. What happened in the next four years? dedicating everything to it. <laughs> so I guess my first bit of success, I just saw it as I'll do this one thing once a year. And then I was working a full-time job and I got up the ranks quite quickly. And I guess I got to have, I say a midlife crisis at the age of like 22 or something. So I was in a position where I could make more money and in the job that I thought I should be and would be when I'm older. And I was at dude, this is not cool. <laughs> this is like, I know where I want to be and I know what I want to do and this is not it. And I don't care how much money you give me. So that just forced me to put everything into the business and kind of was just like, there is no option. There is no answer B. This is the only thing I'm doing because I know that I can get joy out of that. And this is not it. So the next few years was gradually, I think every year I added one to her or every two years and it was just working two to three jobs and just putting every single cent into the marketing and to the videography and the photography when we finally got that on. I think that was by year three or four. So, yeah, in the beginning I was just kind of playing. I did one tour for that first couple, then added another and then just put absolutely everything into it. And then when we got to do the other tours, I would get like the best of the best for the stuff that we were doing, but I would still be pricing it quite cheap. I probably could have done it better and that's my bad, but I just wanted to bring like ridiculous value for nothing. So people are like, oh my God. And in hindsight that worked, but yeah. So the next many years was me working two to three jobs, not related. And then I would come home and work for like six to eight hours extra, depending if. And, and what were you doing as for that? Uh, for that. <laughs> so when I was in Perth. Um, it's all right. Here you go. Yeah. She's all right. <laughs> So when I was in Perth, yeah, in when I was in Perth in the beginning of it. Sorry, mum. <laughs> when I was in Perth in the beginning of it, I was working. I was doing project admin for construction, and then I would work in a in hospitality in restaurants in the afternoons and or on the weekends, and then I would work on my stuff like after that. And then at the peak of my psychoticness, when I went to Melbourne and when I wanted to smash out the debt, and the reason I went to Melbourne is because the job wait in Perth was eight months and I was like, I, I'm not waiting for like eight months just to get anything. I'm going to a big city and I'm just like doing everything. So I would work in a gym and I don't recommend this to anyone because you would die. Same. <laughs> I used to work in a gym. Yeah. But I'd work in a gym from five to eight and then I'd work at my nine to five from nine to five and then I'd work in the gym from 5.30 to 8.30 and then I'd go and bartend until like two in the morning and like that would be like my weekends and then I would take out the bar during the week. And so, yeah, that's how I was like funding it. But 
to anyone listening, don't burn the candle every single, and like I did, because I probably could have achieved a lot more in a short amount of time if I took care of my health and sleeping and nurtured myself. But we live and learn. What did you learn during that time apart from not doing that? <laughs> um, well, it's crazy when you're trying to save money for something, how mysteriously well you can do it as well. Like say then I was like, there's yes. no other option. 30, is either 32 or 36? I'm not sure, but let's say 32. In a given year, I won't just save 32 grand just because. But then I did. And similar to people on holidays, you somehow just have 24 grand in your bank to go on a holiday, whereas every other year of your, year of your life you haven't. And you didn't really make too many changes. So it's just that part, the finance was hectic. So you've got that focus then. You've got that <laughs> yeah. focus. If you're back against the wall, that's when you work the best. Yeah. So how old are you now? 27. 27. Yeah. And you, okay, so you, we've, we've completed our first seven years of uh, adult life. We're at 25 now. And then in the next two years, um, obviously, we're not going to really talk about COVID because um, <laughs> that's been over talked about everywhere. But um, yeah, I've, I have so many new questions that I've just come up with in my mind. But um, just trying to channel myself in with what my audience would want to hear. Um, as a young woman going into that, uh, everything you were doing was kind of on the fly. You didn't have any business experience, any training. Were you just winging it pretty much? Yeah. <laughs> well, basically, yes. Um, two parts. Well, I went to university and I did law, change it to business law, and then did a diploma of management and project management. And so people often ask, oh, what did you do for it? But that taught me nothing. And I learned more from Google in two days than every bit of that. And now I have a hex debt. So <laughs> um, I have no experience in that. But if people are like, oh, you have this degree, but honestly, no. So I guess, yeah, just nothing and winging it and semi just like feeling it out, which in retrospect, you don't know until you start to feel it out and like the content and the stuff I was doing would flop, but there's no way to know if it's going to flop unless you do it. I would listen, I guess, podcasts and that. The man Gary V is probably the main person who I, I talked to him the other day. I know, I saw that's so cool. <laughs> <Yeah>, Fanboy. <laughs> oh, I was fangirl. I was like extra white girl that moment. So yeah, Google, um, look, researching yourself, and you found more value than actually going to university. Dude, a hundred percent. And because social media was starting off then. In back then, back then, like I'm that old, but like oh, I hate saying that. I'm saying that so much. Oh. A few years ago, it was Instagram was just something you'd post like your meal on, and it would be on a two <laughs> megapixel camera, and no one saw it as a business. So I guess there was there's been no one to teach us because it was so new. Like you could read a marketing book, and it'd be teaching you to. Oh, put, there's like fifty dollar ebooks now. Yeah, with all the, with all the tricks. But it'd be like put an ad in the newspaper or put a thing on the bus stop and yeah. you, that's not something we could do. So it was just feeling that out and kind of seeing what my audience liked and didn't yeah. like. So, yeah, a lot of just trial and error and a lot of wasting money. Like I did travel trade shows and stuff, which is just the biggest waste of money and I, I know that now. But back then, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but you wouldn't have known if you didn't try it. Yeah, exactly. That's, and that's, that's important. <laughs> that, that fear of, you know, trying. Yeah. it's it's better to actually do it and fail like i've i've blown a bit of money now already in advertising for my business yeah but i've found my golden egg now in the marketing world and yeah. i've and i've made like 10 times the profit 
or ten times the um, the get comeback from investing, yeah. and it's crazy. It's working so well, um, but it took me a, a little while, and I don't think I've I'm done. I'm never done. Yeah, never done. For me, it's always day one for business. It's always day one. It's like I celebrate my winnings. I, I celebrate them more often these these days. But uh, yeah, back probably even three months ago, I'd get I'd get a job, and I'm like, oh yeah. Cool. Next one, <laughs> yeah. next one, next one. And I'm like, hang hang on, that's not right. You need to celebrate the winnings. Yeah. Okay, so 26, 27, yeah. um, talk about your very last tour pre- <laughs> Pre-COVID or the COVID around the world? Pre-COVID, <laughs> please. So what would have that been? That would have been- You ran to Coachella? Yeah, okay. So it's built up to, I think there's seven or eight tours so this I, is this is the best moment to plug your business too. So talk <laughs> well, about. I'll show you the ones we do. We do Cancun spring break in Mexico in Cancun. Yeah. Uh, Rampage in Belgium, Tomorrowland in Belgium. We do Coachella in Palm Springs. We do Ultra Music Festival and a mega yacht in Croatia. I'm gonna forget some. We do Full Moon Party in Thailand. We're doing Lost Lands in Ohio. We do EDC in Vegas. And next year, I'm going to add two extra, four extra ones, Ibiza and Greek Islands and a separate one about wellness, about a woke week and resetting your life and shit. Sorry. And stuff. That's all right. You can swear. <laughs> and then another one for fitness. Wow. Yeah, I think that's most of it. So you're expanding a little <laughs> bit. Uh, is Burning Man on the, on the like... We're not allowed to. I wish. You really? Yeah, oh. but because it was built on the ethos of trading, I've asked them many, many times. Um, so trading, there's no money at yeah, the actual yeah. place, so it's not right to take people's money in exchange for the yeah. service. So one year we'll definitely go as a crew and set it up because I want to experience it, but... Same. Yeah. I'm keen. Put me down. Oh, sounds amazing. Yes. All right. So, uh, and then let's say, let's talk about uh, what's your most popular out of all those tours? I would say as of la, literally all of them, but <laughs> coming off last year, Cancun Spring Break is big, EDC Ultra. Well, they all are, but I'd probably say by numbers, EDC in Vegas is... And then Croatia on the mega yachts. So, and uh, br- break it down for me as best you can. So EDC. Like, let's say I want to go on an EDC tour. Yeah. Anita, can you book me in, please? What do I? <laughs> what do I do? All you do is rock up. And we do the rest. So it's we pick an event. So that was EDC, and then we plan the week around it. But everything that you get is just the most extreme, intense version of the place that we're going. So on the Monday night, we all meet up. We check in. We get, last year it was a double-decker bus or if less numbers, a party bus and we go through the streets of Vegas on a unlimited alcohol cruise. So we see Fremont Street, the Fountains of Bellagio, the Vegas sign and Old Vegas, which is Fremont Street. And then we do that for a few hours. We end up going to one of the main nightclubs in Vegas on Tuesday. You can sleep in and then we get the penthouse at the MGM Grand. It's this beautiful property which overlooks the whole entire strip. And so we have a really fancy party in there. If it's people's birthdays, we celebrate their birthdays. We have people on the music and that. This year we were supposed to get a DJ, but it didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then on the Wednesday we do a pool party. So most of the pool parties, the lines are like three hours, but we get walked straight in. We have our own cabana around the pool, which no one can come into. And we have bottle service, so the girls do our alcohol and everything for us and that's all included 
And then the Thursday we do another pool party in the biggest cabana. It's probably the most intense day, the most intense music, and it's huge. Like last year we, our cabana was on the stage with the artists and our toilets were the artists' toilets. So to walk you have to like go past them and they would all be there. So that was wicked. <laughs> that was awesome. That's amazing. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if you talk about your, your secrets of business. <laughs> how do you set something like that up? That's crazy. And how do you – you must have some high up contacts to be able to pull some strings like that. It's honestly just been and hot tip, just be nice to everyone. It honestly has just been providing value and just coincidences and being nice to people. So in that the helps. Big, yeah. So people well, obviously if you have a big group of people and money to give them, people are nice. But say that contact for that pool party, I literally met that person. Me and my sister went to Vegas randomly and we were at an after party for the UFC and this person just started talking to us, not seedy or anything like that. And then we, I just had their contact and then from then on he would help with the tours and because he lived in Vegas he could get us all this extra stuff. But that was just from me striking up a chat and he's like, I don't know how old he is, but probably like 10-something years older. So it was just I don't know, most people would be like, oh, I see no value in talking to this random person. Yeah. But we were just, me and my sister was like, oh, yeah, and just generally interested in people because why not? And then, yeah, so we got a friend through that and then the connections kind of grow and then people find out who we are too and now I guess I have some leverage like, yo, this is our brand and this is what we have done and can do. And so they know when they're saying yes to us, they're saying yes to something that's okay, whereas in the beginning – when my business was like nothing and you had like one follower and no content and that to ask people for these favors or not favors, you'd pay for it, but for this type of access. Service, yeah. Yeah. They decide like, no. So you, we kind of like built it up to a thing yeah. where they see the value in that and they know that it's not going to tarnish their brand or their name by saying yes to us. So yeah. Nice. <laughs> nice. And that, that would have definitely helped. I, I, I can relate to that. Like for me now with the whole TikTok thing, yeah. it's ridiculous for me, but oh, I can see the whole difference in leverage. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I can see a whole different shift in how people talk to you. As in treat you better. Yeah, but I don't like that. Yeah. I don't we, like that. I'm not about that. I talk about that as well. So, yeah, not running anyone's names into nothing, but when I did that event, when I was trying to get help for it from even local DJs and people from clubs, they, like, didn't even give me the time of day. Like, I would go to events and be in the green room and people would, like, turn their backs to me or just be like, what are you doing here? And just nothing. And now that I've got a product which some people could – potentially see me to help them get where they want as well, they'll be nicer. And I remember the people I'm oh, like, I remember nah, the people man. too. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I, I live for it. That's my biggest motivator. Yeah. That actual, <laughs> the, the salt, you know, I live for the salt. Yeah. But you just, you just be nice to everyone yeah, always do. just cause why not? Like you're yeah. not better than anyone. No. So stop it. Yeah. That's it. So you talked about Gary Vee. Um, so one of my one of my questions was um, someone who inspires you to to do what you do and keep going. Is there anybody else that that you can kind of think and put in the picture? Um, I guess. Well, Gary Vee, yeah, from business point of view and just content, he, he's just awesome, and he just drew us the same thing. So it's just good to just get out of your own mind and listen to him. Um, as for podcasts, other two I listened to Aubrey Marcus about life and Lewis Howes. So I'd say they'd help indirectly. Um, 
but I guess it's, it's I don't I don't really know. My cousin Daniel helped me in the beginning a little bit because he was always good with business. So who you hang around obviously impacts you. And when you actually have no one doing anything else besides, I guess, the normal stuff, it's hard to have conversations with people without them just being like, we can't do this. So I guess he was the first person to be like, okay, if you want, like even just the simple website stuff, we're trying to talk about that. But I don't know. I guess it was just because... I just wanted to do it so badly and I'd put so much into it. And to me, it just wasn't any other option. And it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to do this, 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 this. It was just more in, I was just more intrigued. And I just knew that it wasn't going to fail because how could it when you were putting that much into it? And then as I got more confident in what I was doing, then I kind of saw that anything is possible as long as you put hard work and time into it. And then that just helped me get out of my own way. And so that doesn't really <laughs> explain my mentors, but in that way, not really, like not any extra other people. It would just be from seeing results and just knowing that it actually works and be like, oh, my goodness. But, yeah, until you got that, it was a bit hard. Yeah. Yeah. I fumbled. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. That question <laughs> let's, uh, let's take a break for now and uh, we'll come back after these short messages. What's up, guys? I won't take too much of your time. If you follow me on Facebook, TikTok, or Instagram at Sevspix, you know the one. And also YouTube, if you YouTube search The Life of Sev, I really appreciate everybody that follows me. If you have subscribed to the podcast, always appreciate that, fam. I love it. I love it. Leave a review, subscribers if you haven't, uh, on the iTunes. If you listen to me on Spotify and you have an iTunes account, subscribe anyway. It does help, and I really appreciate it. Anyway. Back to the show. You've been listening to the Life of Sev podcast. How are you feeling about uh, this whole COVID thing? Um, in, in briefly, just briefly, because <laughs> I know because I, I know your full story, <laughs> and people can go to your kind of podcast to hear it. Yeah. But yeah, just briefly, how has it affected you? Uh, drastically, it's probably the worst time to be a travel company when the borders are closed. Who takes people to music festivals when music festivals <laughs> are definitely over gatherings of twenty? Um, it's obviously been like hard, like financially lost everything for this year and that will carry on till next year. If people that half, like some people got money and then some people got credits and that. So all the people who are credited, that's then going to take from next year, which could have yeah. been a double batch of people. Uh, yeah. So that sucks, but it is what it is in. So a negative, yeah, is money, a positive is number one, it's forced me to work on the business, all the admin stuff and all the little things that I haven't had the time for. And for me, it's been good as a person, I guess, because I have been on the road for eight years and I haven't lived anywhere for longer than 10 months. So just to being, you can't leave, <laughs> you can't do anything. <laughs> so stay in the house. And so it's been really good to force me to slow down and just reassess what I'm doing as well. Yeah. And I guess for the general community, I was scared and there could be some people like too scared to travel, like, oh, da, 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 da. but the general consensus is just everyone's like, get me out. The second you do any tour, don't care where it is, I'm on. Like, so it's, yeah, just continuing going with it and the hype is building itself. So we're still posting every day. We're still acting, um, yeah, as if we're doing tour and sharing all our stories and that. So from a community aspect, I haven't seen that much drop off and it's kind of just making – 
people motivated to get back on as the yeah, second we kind open. Of, you're kind of going to – like a longer chance to build the hype up, yeah. I guess. That's <laughs> yeah. awesome. So going back to the uh, my questions, I've got a biggest WTF moment that I want to ask you about. What is your biggest like, oh, my God, what the hell is this in business? Hmm. What do you mean? Like a story or like a client being weird or something happening on a trip. I have so many rant. I don't <laughs> even know. I met my celebrity crush in Vegas. There you go. We've had people propose on tour. I've had a bus break down in the middle of the desert. I've had a hotel catch on fire. I've had a boat catch on fire. We've left people on an island. Um <laughs> So there's lots. There's, there's lots. lots. <laughs> Pick and choose. We'll, we'll, we'll go with one of them. Um, what about the favourite thing about being a business owner? Just well, two things. Freedom is probably the biggest thing for me, freedom and passion, because I would work these jobs and I remember just thinking you could pay me $400,000 a year and just nut. And I remember just sitting there and just time would go so slow and it, it was like a physical thing. Also, I don't know. I would just sit there and I couldn't write and I couldn't do what I was supposed to. And I just didn't understand why. It was just like my body and soul just couldn't do something so purposeless. And I was like, I'm literally trading time for money and I can't fathom doing this for 60 years and just pretending that's okay. So that was probably, yeah, freedom is probably my favorite thing. And just being able to be your own boss and do what you want when you want, but also hold yourself accountable. And as you mentioned before, if something doesn't work, that's on you and your success is directly direct correlation to the stuff that you've put in. So people could be like, oh, I hustle and do all this. I'm getting no results. But are you really? (laughs) Are you really? Have you gone (laughs) into the void or the vortex and just like, really? Are you? Have you given up everything? Um, So freedom is huge and then seeing the impact that it has on other people's lives so say with mine it's like oh people are partying but it's not just that it's people saying like oh thank you I like was so depressed before I came here and you provided a safe space for me and I feel like I have a family and friends and or I have bad friends back home or I just went through a horrible breakup and you really helped me just by being kind and making this environment where everyone has to be kind and showing us these things so yeah having people like that and having life experiences and actually like feeling what life should be about people and experience and doing things. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm a, I'm a, I'm, I'm, I'm my inner uh, 17 year old business entrepreneur that wants to get started. Now I'm excited about that. And, but, but I still want more from you. I want to know your top three tips. If I was getting started right now, what would it be? Mm. These will be repeats of mine. Um, don't listen to anyone. Don't – let me rephrase that. I, just because I've said this so many times, yep. I feel like I'm just drilling it, but your yeah. listeners wouldn't have heard. I love it. <laughs> don't take advice from anyone unless they're in the exact position that you want to be in. So people will find so many reasons why something's not going to work or it's dumb or stupid, but they haven't done it. So how would they know? It's the same as yeah, me telling someone how to fix a car when I've flicked through a few pages in a book of how to fix a car. And so have you done it? No. Well, how would you know? So yeah. unless they've actually done the blueprint and it's like, I know I want to create a festival. The only person I'm listening to is somebody who created a festival because a lot of people are just close-minded or everything to them is other people do that. They're the type of people who do that, not us. We don't do that. So it's like, well, 
the answer's no there already. So you really can't listen to anyone at all. You can, but don't be rude. Like you can take their opinion and people can say stuff. You're like, oh, but just don't take their answer as gospel because it's not. (laughs) It is not. So that's tip number one. Yes. Two to go. (laughs) Um, To really, and this is hard, get over yourself and learn to not care about people's opinions, which is one of the hardest things to do. But once you've done it, it's very, very liberating and freeing. Um, when you start anything, people are going to tell you it's not going to work and people are like, oh, that's stupid, blah, blah. But when you're successful, they'll ask you how you've done it. And they're <laughs> like, oh, and you're like, dude. Um, so learning to get over that nervousness, even in posting or starting something and learning not to care about people's opinions is large because what else, what other option do you have if you're like, oh, I'm not going to do this because these people might say this, like that that stops. Then all you're going to do now is the thing that you hate, which you're trying to get away from. So you just have to learn to not care and understand that people who are doing well don't hate. Um, so if someone's really successful, if you tell them, oh, I'm doing this, they'll be like, oh, my goodness, that's so cool. But if somebody isn't successful, they'll be like, oh, that's stupid, that's dumb, blah, 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 blah. So... Fuck, I lost my train of thought. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, you you pretty much covered the second one. Let's go for the third one. Third and final tip for someone starting up. All written down on. (laughs) No, it's perfect. People people can go and listen to you. That's fine. (laughs) Yeah. My podcast number three has a whole list of these. Yeah. Ah. So people just starting off. It's going to take me forever. I'm going to have to edit this out. I have nuggets of information. She's thinking. You're acting it's coming. to edit this. It's coming. No, because I have so many and now it's just everywhere and I want to pick the don't best Don't listen one. to other people and don't take advice of people that haven't uh, done it before. Yeah. Okay. What about actual like business side of things, like what you're doing, like uh, where do you go? What, what What's the first point of call? Like what's literally the first thing you would do? All right, to understand, to understand who you're selling to, um, which can take a while. It can take a couple of years to fill that out because if you're selling to everyone, you're probably going to sell to no one. And how do we sell to people? We sell through content. And how does content sell? The content you post attracts your tribe because you're letting them know what you're okay with. I use the example of a life coach who swears in their post, they swear. So they're going to attract people who resonate with someone who's of that type and who swears. Um, And so by that, you figure out who your audience is and who you're talking to. But if you're a life coach that swears and you're trying to impress like the person on the corner store, someone's grandma, someone who's 17, then you're just being too fiddly and you're not going to sell to anyone because you're too general. And then when you get people in and they realize that you're a life coach that swears, they're going to be offended. So figure out who it is you're speaking to and who it is your product is speaking to and the vibe around that. When people involve themselves with your brand and your product, it's how it makes them feel. I often say like that, I know, body scrub stuff. You can buy the exact same stuff in Woolworths for $20, but for some reason it's huge because on Instagram and it's got all the marketing and stuff around it. So people want to feel something when they involve yourself, themselves with your product or brand. Like who are they? How does it make them feel? Are they edgy? Are they a misfit? 
So you have to figure that out and then get content to them and speak to them in that language. Fantastic. Hmm. That's perfect. There's, there's a third one there. That's awesome. I've learned something today. So what would you do differently? Money. Money, number one. So definitely budget. Definitely budget. And just even now, now I literally count every cent in an Excel spreadsheet and I'm like, why haven't I done this any sooner? It's not, my life isn't drastically affected, but I'm honestly spending, like when I was in Melbourne, because I was working that many jobs, I was making at my peak like $1,600 a week. And now I pay myself $420 a week and my life is no different. And that's because I budget and I figure out what I need and all those little fiddly things. Like, oh, I'll just go do this or go to the shop and buy the, the like just finance is so important, but it's so not taught. So I would definitely do that because I honestly don't even know where I'd be financially if I did that from the start. But I wouldn't know unless I screwed up or it wouldn't be as important to learn yeah. unless I didn't do that's, it. That's what I say to the kids. I'm saying I, I had a big debt. I had a yeah. big debt for my car and I had to muster up like almost $1,000 every month to pay it off. Yeah. That was painful. It's gross. <laughs> and I, again, I wouldn't know what I would be right now if I didn't have that loan. But at the same yeah. time, I learned so much. Like I learned to be accountable for my savings and stuff like that. And now it's like... I'm pretty, I'm pretty, I'm pretty stoked with yeah. where I'm at. And I'm like learning about shares now, which is really cool because that means I have money to invest yeah. into thing and into places where I, I won't be able to see the money for a while unless I'm desperate. But yeah. um, it's, it's a really interesting position I'm in. But um, yeah, finance is definitely a good one. Um, can anyone yeah. do it? Can anyone do it? Yes. <laughs> yes, you can. Anyone can. It is not nothing. Nothing is impossible. It is just hard. That's what I like to tell people. Every, everything is possible. And if anyone before you has done it, then you can do it. Because why could you not? Like if somebody, yeah, if someone's done it, then there's a way to do it. You just have to figure out how to do it. Like that. That is proof right there that it can be done because it's been done before. So how can it not? So definitely, definitely. But it's just hard. That's the thing. And that's what people don't like hearing. They don't like hearing that it takes three to five years. And I posted something the other day because people have been like asking me, oh, how do you make money? How do you do this, this, this? And the answer is just hard work and time. And people don't like that. So then they're like, oh, what about this or this or this person's course, which is a million dollars? And they said, I can do it in 11 weeks. And you're like, no, it's just hard work and time. And people don't like that. But you, you're in a job that you hate and you do a three-year apprenticeship to then begin at the entry level to then start something to work your way up the ladder. And for some reason that's normal. But if I'm to tell you you're going to have three years and see no results, you would be like, oh, no, I've given up. So it's just. I love that. I yeah. love that comparison. That's perfect. Yep. Yeah. I love said. the truth. <laughs> yeah. And, and then you can even talk about uni as well. You yeah. spend three to four years at uni chasing what you want to do. Yeah. And you can't do it unless you have that piece of paper teaching. Yeah. And yeah, there's the patience in that. Exactly. So my next sex section yep. is called the three random <laughs> questions. <laughs> So this is a question book, 2,000 questions. Oh, you, my goodness. Number, numbered between 1 and 2,000. Wow. Uh, give me the first one. A number? Mm-hmm. Uh, 17. 17. Ooh. Back to the beginning. I have not – what is this question going to be? <laughs> Ooh. I, this, is, this is literally my favourite question in the whole book. Oh, God. Where would you most like to live? 
Well, after all this stuff, I love Perth now. I always didn't want to live here, even though I lived here my whole life. But Perth, or if I have to live overseas, Thailand, or in Europe, Barcelona. Spain. <laughs> yeah. I love Barcelona. It's nice. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Uh, next one. We're going to go with your date of birth. What's your year? 92. 92. Nice. <laughs> 92. And uh, let's go with that. 1992. All the way to the end. Da, da, da. Have you ever ridden on a motorcycle? That's, that's I've a, gone. <laughs> <laughs> wasted question. That's a on tough. a scooter, and I don't think my brother. Yeah, my brother had a motorbike. Yes, correct. Yep. And tell me, tell me like a random, like okay, tell me, tell me your favorite Thailand on moped story. Oh, there's no favorite. <laughs> I've just been scared as hell for my life by people who were like, "I'll take you there." And I remember somebody. Oh, this guy, we're going to dinner and my friend was taking my other friend and he was like, get on. And bro, I was just like, this is not safe. And he's doing like 80 to 90 and it's like a 40 zone and they're racing each other. I'm like, oh my God. But it was just the boys were trying to one up each other and I was like, please stop, please stop. And But he wasn't like a safe person. He would just, you can tell he was like, oh, oh. And I'm like, oh my goodness. So yeah, don't trust strangers on scooters. <laughs> Do not. All right, and the last question, I'm just going to randomly open a page and I'm going to point to this one, and it is 578. What is the one thing you do uh, – hang on. What is one thing you do you consider practical? What? I don't know if this will answer it, but a morning routine. Yeah, that does answer it. <laughs> Which is good advice for everyone. I never had a morning routine and then I figured I'd wake up and look at my phone and it would be and three hours of me just answering stuff and just stopping in the morning and doing like breath work, chilling, journaling for a bit, reading, just stopping. Ah, yes. Yeah, and being with myself for a couple hours before I then take on the war, which is my phone, and everyone desperate for your attention in different ways or just distractions. So that is How practical. long do you give yourself? Now, because of COVID, two hours, which is great. But I live by myself, so it's obviously easier. But, yeah, I'll, I'm doing the most hardcore of hardcore morning routines now because I assumed because of COVID and stuff it could be easy to get like, depressed and I didn't want it to take over, especially in the beginning. Now – some gym classes are opened, but it wasn't. So it was just me in my house. And this, when I was isolating, it was me in my house, in my brain forever. And it could be easy to get depressed if I was like, bro, I just lost two years of my business and everything I've worked for in eight years in a second. Like, But that never happened. So, yeah, I get up. I have like this green drink that I have and then I do some breath work for a bit and then I write down three things I'm grateful for journal if I can even if it's two sentences like I'm feeling like this and then I have a cold shower which if anyone's <laughs> depressed it's probably number one because you're just not focusing on anything else but how cold that shower is <laughs> and then I read a little bit and then now I'll go train after I'll try and go to the gym it's swell yeah get swell the carbs are good the <laughs> they, carbs are good huge carbs are massive <laughs> Yeah. Correct. That's crazy. <laughs> All right. So we're sign off um, yep. before we go and it'll be a bit of a challenge because you give us so much value today. What is the one biggest piece of advice you'd give anyone about anything? doesn't have to be business related. doesn't have to be uh, Confucius or Gary Vaynerchuk. <laughs> Just personal Anita Bass. 
I've answered most of them, even my other ones. I guess <laughs> signing off, just to be a good person and you can do anything. Uh, a lot of people when they're trying to be successful think that it's this big, bad competition. But the second that I stopped thinking about money and what I could get and started focusing on what value I could bring to people and how I could make their life better was ultimately this the time when money just started rolling in. And so, yeah, always give value and always be a good person. It has got me very far and it's not even – it's not fake, um, which in turn do <laughs> – to be happy, do you need to do some self-work, sometimes go to the depths of hell. So me being happy every day to be able to be nice to people has come about by lots and lots of years of like self-worth type thing. But yeah, be a good person. It, it's easier. It's easier to be nice and just treat everyone the exact same. The, the thing that I hate is seeing people who think that they're better than people because Instagram followers or all this stuff or you're in a group and they'll turn their back to people and that's one thing on tours I let people know like that's not on <laughs> in a roundabout way or to create an environment. So, yeah, you can do anything that you want. Every single thing is possible. It's just hard. And be a good person. It's easier and you feel better. Nailed it. Mm. Nailed it. Well, thanks very much for coming in on this uh, lovely Wednesday afternoon Thank in you. May. And uh, I wish you the best of luck. And there's no doubt we're going to be hearing from her uh, for many years to come. Uh, one final chance to plug your podcast, business, go 30 seconds. Yeah. All righty. So the business on everything is Awake Tours, A-W-A-K-E. Tours, Instagram, Facebook, everything, music festival, tours, and now going into wellness and fitness. My own is Anita Bass, A-N-I-T-A-B-A-S-S on TikTok, Instagram, and that is my podcast where I talk about similar type of stuff as we have today. And yeah. She has a lot of interesting people. I've been <laughs> I've been listening. They're pretty crazy stories. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, and let me know if you have any questions. Send her a message. Send me a message. Slide into her DM. She loves all of the DMs. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, thanks for tuning in. Good thanks. Thank you.